Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. Speaking of YWAM, Youth with the Mission, um, I was gone last week because I was picking up my daughter uh, from her DTS. She went on a discipleship training school out in Tyler, went to Tanzania for a month. And, um, you know, w- with our children, we're always trying to broaden their horizons and, and help them experience new things. And sometimes when they get older, they return the favor. So um, she said, hey, Dad, I, I want you to come, uh, since you're here, to come to my church. I'm like, all right. And so it was in Dallas, and it was, uh, it's called the Upper Room. And so I went uh, with her to the upper room, and it was different. Um, we they uh, we worshipped for about uh, two hours, and I think maybe sang two songs, maybe three. And you know, I've seen a lot of things. I mean, but there were some things I've never seen before. There was like a ministry where they were like hitting these sticks on the ground, and then there were times where we weren't even singing; we were just kind of clapping rhythms. And you know, they had just a lot of stuff that I'm not used to. Right? I was like, wow, this is this is different. And, um, you know, it made me think about uh, another different experience. I I grew up uh, in the Lutheran church, and um, I would say that's like almost the exact opposite of what I experienced in Dallas. It's just a very different way of worshiping God with the liturgy and, um, you know, going through all the tradition and the rest. And, you know, the the thing about that, though, is as we look at worship, uh, we come into, I think many of us, I know I sometimes come into this place, and we're concerned uh, with two of the wrong things. And the first thing is our preference. And so, and I got to tell you that there were some things at the upper room that I'm like, okay, not used to that. It's a little different. It's not how I would do it. And sometimes when I go to the Lutheran church, I would say, okay, that's, that's not how I would do it. And then I think sometimes we're concerned with the production. Like, you know, is this like the song that I like and are they doing it right? See, but, but see, that's not what matters in worship. The two things that matter when we come to praise our God The first is our posture, and the second is our purpose. And see, I've learned one thing about posture, and so I thank thank the Lord that I had learned this already. When I went to my daughter's church, I knew that that there's two postures, uh, that if you approach anything of of the Lord in that way, you will miss it all. And so we never, never come before God with pride and never come before with judgment. And so if we're going to enter in, and this is if you're going to go into the liturgy of the Lutheran church, if you're going to come with pride, oh yeah, I'll show you, this is, I'll show you real worship. So you've got to raise your hands like this. They'll be like, get out of here. You know, you're going to miss it. And if you come with judgment, like, oh, you don't do it right, or what are they doing there? Listen, if you come with pride and judgment, first of all, you're not going to extend grace to others, and you won't receive the grace of God. So I knew enough to say, okay, I'm going to say, stay humble. I'm just going to receive whatever God wants me to receive. I'm going to come with my hands open. And you know what? People were worshiping God in both cases, in liturgy, in tradition. You can find Jesus there. And see, that brings us to the purpose. So why are we doing this? And it's not so, oh, they sing the songs that I like. Oh, they've got a bunch of, like they started a fire back there and there's smoke coming or, you know, whatever's going on there. It's not about the production. What matters is that Jesus is magnified in the hearts of the worshiper. And so when we come here and when we go there, we need to check ourselves. What's this about? 
Is it about what I like? Is it about my preferences? Is it about the production? Is it about the way they do it? Or is it about lifting up the name of Jesus wherever I go? The purpose is to magnify Christ. So we put together a little bumper for this uh, series. And we're actually, usually we'd play this bumper right before I come out to preach. But I I wanted to hold on and I wanted you to see it right now. And um, a number of these little scenes that you're going to see in this bumper are actually uh, from Joy's trip to Tanzania. In fact, everything that you see in Africa is actually uh, her experience and her video. But I just want you to look at the different kinds of worship that are going on. And how people are engaging in different ways. And I would tell you that every scene you're about to see is a place where if our posture is correct, if our purpose is right, we can find God in the middle of it. So would you please show that uh, bumper, please. good it's kids lifting up Jesus and you know the thing about that is just a reminder to me like uh, Andrea said during uh, our praise time that the people all over the world are magnifying Jesus and some of them are doing it like they do it in the upper room and some of them are doing it like one of my best friends who's a Lutheran pastor over in Thornton in liturgy and, and some of them are doing it like we're doing it right here but what matters is what's in our heart and the purpose of our heart and are we trying to magnify the Lord Jesus if you look in Scripture, if you, if you look in the Old Testament, the word for worship, it's used almost exclusively, 170 different times the word worship. The Hebrew word, it literally means to bow down, to bow down before God. And if you look at the Greek, there's a number of words in Greek that are used for worship, but the primary one, the one that you're going to run into most, it means to give reverence to God. So we bow before him, we give him reverence. Why? Because he is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords, he is the almighty God, the wonderful one who's worthy of all our praise. So great, so good, so worthy of being magnified. He deserves all that we have and all that we can give. So we magnify him. And I just wanna, I wanna challenge you, I wanna encourage you, maybe admonish you, be careful what you magnify. Because that which you lift up, that which you magnify is what you become. I know you're some, some of you are like, what? No, sir, I'll prove it to you. How many of you, when you were younger, had a pair of Air Jordans? But had, yeah, there's a few hands. So I was a basketball player in high school, and I had Air Jordans. And so for you whippersnappers out there, there was this basketball player, his name was Michael Jordan, and he was, he was above average, I think you can say, in terms of how he played, right? And so we all thought he was the best, and he had his own shoes, so we bought his shoes. And he also, like, whenever he played, he, he stuck his tongue out. So we all had his shoes, and we played like this, I don't know how many high school kids bit off their tongues because of Michael Jordan, right? But see, he was the one that we set up. He was the one we magnified, that we looked to. So what? We became like him. You do it. I do it. 
You know, you, you watch on the news or TV, you see that wealth, you see the things like, oh, if only. You magnify that, you lift it up. It's what you become. And of course, you don't become God, but as we lift up God, you become like your father and you're transformed to gain his heart for others, to live like him. And as we lift him up, he changes us. You know, every time you encounter God, you can't help but leave different. Happens over and over again. I think Isaiah is probably one of my favorite ones. Just boom, you know, they find God and they hit the ground and they come up and everything has changed because they've encountered Lord, the Lord. They've magnified him. They've put him up where he deserves to be. And I want to remind you that we were made to worship and you will magnify something because we were created to. Look at Colossians 1, 16. It says, by, for him, by Jesus... All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, in all things, now catch this, all things were created by him, for him. All things were created for him. Did you know that? Did you know that you were created for him? You were made for his glory? You were made to worship him? That's our series title. You were created for worship. One of the reasons he brought you here is to give him glory, to lift him up, to praise him. And God, he, he's not look, going around looking like, oh, would someone just, would someone worship me because I'm having a tough time with my self-esteem today? Like, where's, where's the worship? Just so I can remember who I am. See, God's actually, I, I want to submit to you that God's not even looking for worship. Let me show you what I think God is looking for. If we go to Jesus' words in John chapter 4. And Jesus says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And let's look at what God is looking for. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And I want to submit to you that I don't think God is looking for worship. I think God is looking for worshipers. There's two little letters there, but I think it makes all the difference. What's the difference? Worship is an event. It's a moment. A worshiper is every moment. In all that we do, all that we are, wherever we go, we are looking for ways to magnify God, to bring his, Him praise and Him glory, to see His will, to see His heart, to see His work, to see His kingdom come in everything we do, whether we are singing songs before Him, whether we are praying before Him, whether we're serving Him, whether we're just at work or with our family or even out having fun, that we are always worshipers. And so Grace Community, I just want to ask you, that are you magnifying God in everything you do? Do you just come here and worship? Or have you decided, no, I am a worshiper? That my life my existence, my reason is about bringing him glory in everything. See, he is looking for worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit, what does that mean? It's the core of who you are. It's not just an outward appearance, but you're bringing forward all you are. You're bringing your being before him and like, I'm gonna worship God with everything. And in truth, so it's genuine, it's honest, bring forward what's really inside us. 
You know one of the most powerful forms of worship? I think one of the most beautiful forms of worship is lament. You see Jeremiah lamenting before God. David, so many of the Psalms are actually Psalms of lament. He's broken and he's crying out. And he's just like, oh, and Job. He says, even if you slay me yet, I will praise you. And actually, I think some of the most beautiful worship you can do is when your spirit is crushed. Some of the greatest glory and, 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 and sweetest praise to magnify him is when things aren't going your way and say, yeah, but I'll praise you anyway because my purpose, my purpose is to glorify you. That's why I exist. You know, you look at the first three commandments. I think the first three commandments are all about worship. The very first commandment, if you want to look at them, uh, read about them, they're in Exodus 20. The very first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. He's exalted above all. He is first in all that we do. The second commandment, you shall not make an idol. Don't create something. Don't put something else on that place, on the throne. Don't put something above me. Fashion something, whether it's even yourself, your attitude, the way that you live. And then the third one, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So many of us, we just ignore that one, but, but we don't go, oh my gosh. Be careful. Do you understand? Do we revere him? Do we bow down? His name is holy. He's majestic. He's the creator. We're so flippant. And these commands, you know, this list, you know what else is on this list? Do not kill. But these ones are actually more important because he puts them before that. I mean, this is core, this is everything, that we put God above everything that we do and we honor him and we treat him with the respect and the honor. We bow down because he deserves it. And how quick we are to magnify other things, how quick we are to put other things on the throne and to chase after them and pursue them and magnify them. I mean, even in our worship, I mean, I've done it before, where I, I'm not at the service because I want to magnify God. I'm at the service because I want the emotions that come along with magnifying God. I'd submit maybe that's idolatry. Now listen, there's times where God touches us and there's times where there's emotions and it's wonderful and it's a wonderful byproduct, but that's not the reason. He's the reason. He deserves whatever we feel. No matter what we're going through, he deserves all our praise. And we're so ready to put anything in his place, especially ourselves. And our great idol is our own comfort. Our great idol is our ambition. Idolatry didn't end with those little statues. I mean, it's, it's alive and well right now. And we need to be aware of it and watch it in our own hearts. We're so ready to make ourselves our own idol. But see, you can't help, we cannot help but to worship and to magnify and pursue something at all times because that's what we were created to do. We are always pursuing, we are always looking, we are always lifting up, we are always emulating. And worship is an agreement to say, you are the one, O king. You deserve it. There's nothing else worthy of your worship. See, part of this is because you are so noble and fearfully and wonderfully made that anything else that you would put above yourself, anything else that you would look to, anything else that you would bow down to, it's just not worthy. Because you're so noble. Because you're his creation. He's the only one who is worthy of your praise. I mean, it's, just, it's ridiculous that his majestic creation would bow down to money. Would serve a career instead of the king of kings and lord of lords. 
And see, a worshiper is living a lifestyle that all that I do is to give him glory. The way I treat my family, the way I work, that everything is all about him. And see, worship's a discipline, it's a determination that God will be glorified in my life. And you know what? There's actually a lot of freedom in that. Because things like fall apart, right? And it's not going like I want it to go. So I had this plan and it's a mess. And you know what I can do? I can say, but God, I will glorify you. No matter what I go through, I will lift up your name. If this goes well, if this goes poorly, Lord, just please help me to bring glory to you through it. I, have a, I had a good friend who died of cancer a number of years ago. And when the diagnosis came and when he understood that it's serious, and that he might not make it, it's just amazing. He and his wife said, you know what? The one thing that we're going to do, the one thing that we're going to do is glorify God. We're going to just make sure that he's lifted up. We don't know how. We don't know what's going to happen. But we are determined that he will be glorified. And that's exactly what he did. It's a great gift to say, okay, I'll just, I'm just going to lift up Jesus. But I know some of us were like, well, why? Why, why does God want worshipers? Why were we created to worship? And I think we find an answer in Psalm 147, verse 1. Just a short little verse here. It says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. I love that, how pleasant and fitting it is for us to praise him. So that word good there, it's actually, uh, it's the Hebrew is tob. And you'll find it in Genesis. And you actually find it seven times in Genesis 1. And every time that God finishes a part of creation, it says, and he looked at it, and it was tob, good. And what that means, the, 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 really the root of that word means, it was as it should be. And so it says, how good, it's the exact same word in Hebrew in Psalm 147, how tob it is, how good and fitting, how as it should be when we praise God. This is what he created it. It's just right order. And see, God's about order. God is a God of order. And when we do things his way and we do things in his order, it's just better and it's good and it fits. Have you ever been, um, like, for me, like, I'll sit on my front porch and you know, I'll have Gina right there by my side and my dog will be chewing on a bone in front of us and Naya will be out playing in the grass and, you know, see the San Juans and the sun is shining over there. And at that moment, I'm like, Tob, this is good. This is as it should be. This moment, my family is doing what they're supposed to. It's just good. You ever had those moments where like, yeah, this is good. I'm going to go see uh, all, all six of my family will be together for Thanksgiving. And it, I was just talking to someone earlier, like, when, we, when, when we're all together, I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah. This is tope. This is good. See, God's a, a God of order. And he says, like even the family itself, Ephesians 5.23, it says that the husband is the spiritual head of the house. Now, the world took that and, and they destroyed it. And they messed it up and they lied about it. And, they, and what it says, the world says, well, if you're the head, if you're in charge, what that means is everybody has to do what you say. And you rule over them and you get what you want. And, and that, that is the exact opposite of what that passage means. When it says that I am the spiritual head of my house, what it means, first of all, is that I believe that I'm going to answer to God for the spiritual health of my family. I actually think there's going to be a conversation where God is going to say, where did you take them? And I'm going to have to answer. Now, I know I can't control them. I have four daughters. I know I can't control them. 
and they're going to make their choices. But I am responsible for how I led them. And so if I'm the spiritual head of my home, what it means is I am the first to pray for them. I'm the first to push them and nudge them towards God. I'm the first to serve my family. I'm the first to apologize when somebody's upset and when I'm wrong. I'm the first to confess when there's a problem. I'm the first to say there's, there's a conflict there. I need to dive in and do something about that. I need to be involved in this thing. I don't, I don't pull back and watch it happen. I, I, I protect my family and I fight for my family and I endure and I engage my family. That's what it means to be the spiritual head. Now think about that. Wives, how many of you would like a husband who leads like, leads like that? Thankful Jean is not here. Her hand would be up right now. But it's good, right? It's as it should be. That's Tob. You see, God creates us, and when we move into the things in the order that he created, just life is better. It's just right. And you could say, well, I don't know if I want to worship God. Well, you don't have to. At least not yet. Philippians 2, though, says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, you've got to understand that if you magnify him, if you knew what it brought, if you knew what it did for you and for others, there's nothing else that you would want to do except to lift him up in every situation. I mean, first of all, simply just because he deserves it. I mean, isn't the cross enough? What he did on the cross, isn't that enough? But there's so much more. Because, see, the great lasting purpose of your life is to give him praise. And any praise, any glory, any work of God that he's in the middle of, it's never wasted, it's never misplaced, and it is always right. And it brings blessings to everyone, including you. And it brings joy to your life to lift up his name. It brings joy to your life to have a life that is centered on magnifying him. You know, I think about, like, every time, if I tell Gina, I say, oh, honey, I, I love you so much. You know what happens? I start to love her so much. You ever notice that? Like, when, when I share that I love her, it's just like, it increases my love for her. And it's the same way with God. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so beautiful. You're so, and, and you start to remember it, and it comes to your, to your heart, and it, it wells up, and your love just increases. It actually brings joy to you to magnify him. And it brings clarity to, to who he is and who you are in the midst of it. You know, oh, the world's so crazy and I'm so f- afraid and, oh, everything's falling apart. And you oh, but Jesus, you're sovereign. You're good. You're not worried. You're here for me. You're present. And in you, when I look at you and I praise you, I just remember who I am. I remember who you are. And my life comes back into right order and I'm focusing on the things that he's concerned with. And it is tobe, it is, it is as it should be to sing for him, to live for him, to magnify him, to usher in his kingdom. Romans 12, Paul talks a little bit about this. And he says, therefore, I urge you brothers, Romans 12, 1, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, This is your spiritual act of worship. To offer your bodies, to bring all that you are, to bring everything before God. I'm going to see a worshiper worships in all things. All that I do, all that I say, all that I think. I just want to bring glory to Jesus in it. For me, he's, he's just the goal, Lord. You are the goal of every moment. And see, when we go out and we serve the least of these, we're worshiping him. 
Many of you, I think we gave about 100 turkey boxes today that are, that are being distributed. See, you're out there in the, every single turkey box. That's, a, that's just a sacrifice of praise. That's worship to him. And every time we usher in the kingdom, you know, we see someone broken, someone hurting, and we speak life, and we bring the Holy Spirit into the midst of that, that's just a beautiful worship, a sacrifice of praise. And every time we bring forth and live the fruit of the Spirit, we walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It just magnifies him and lifts him up. It is as it should be. And every time we look out there and we see him, and oh God, you're so beautiful, you're so powerful. And I look at the stars and you're so wonderful. It's a sacrifice of praise. We declare it with our lives. We declare it with the way we think. We declare it with what we do. We speak life to others and everything. See, we are not just people who worship. We are worshipers. We're worshipers in all that we do, all that we see, all that we say. We obey him in everything, and that is our worship, our sacrifice. We look to him in everything. We trust him in everything. We follow him in everything. This is our praise. This is our worship before our God. So I want to encourage you as you go through this next week, I want you to look, okay, Lord, how can I be a worshiper? And yes, we sing praises and we meet him in our praises and he transforms us and it's beautiful and it's this great exchange as we give him glory. He comes and transforms us. But in all that we say, all that we do, all that we think, am I worshiping you right now? As you go and have your Thanksgiving time, are you going to be a worshiper? The way you interact with your family, the way that you celebrate. And so I just want to start some worship right now. So if I could ask you to stand up with me, and I'm going to ask you to, uh, to join me in worship. And this is, this is just what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to speak. Just tell God right now some things about him that you love about him. And just speak them out right now as worship starts. And so I'll, I'll help you get started, and then you just kind of continue. Just say out loud. Let's just start giving him praise for how good he is, because he deserves it. And he's worthy of being lifted up in everything that comes out of our mouth. So God, I just thank you that you always come through, Lord. God, I thank you that you provide for me, you provide for my family. I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit comes and speaks through your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us this, this position, this place where we can magnify you. And Lord, as we lift you up, our hearts are lifted up. Just right now, go ahead and just keep speaking worship, speaking praise. Tell God what you're thankful for as we're getting ready to move into Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.